Hello, everybody. Locked On Nationals podcast here brought to you today by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today for the best prices on parts for your car or truck. On the show today, it is our postseason position breakdown for the position of starting pitcher. Uh, supposed strength of the Washington Nationals this year, it was not. We'll get into why, who factored in, and who will be a part of the solution going forward. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's look at the Nationals starting pitching from a kind of larger perspective first. Uh, You know, looking across the league, we'll look at just the National League for the Nationals and where they stacked up against everybody else. As a staff, they had a 5.38 ERA. Uh, That was the worst in the league. They were 15-27. and Um, That 15 wins was actually good enough to get them into the top half of the league at at 7, so just borderline on the top half. Uh, Those 27 losses were first in the league. So the starting staff was usually behind uh, when they left the game. They were on the hook for the L. For them, strikeouts, this is actually one category where they did a pretty decent job. They were uh, eighth in the National League, so not bad, but not where we're used to seeing them. Obviously, missing Steven Strasburg is going to hurt that number. And then the last thing I'm kind of looking at here is the average against. And they were last in the National League in average against. Teams hit 287 against the Nats. They had the worst whip in the league at 1.53 as a starting staff. So as a whole, it did not go well. Once again, you know that they're missing Joe Ross, who I mean, you know, figured, in my opinion, to be one of the starters. Steven Strasburg goes down. So those are two of the guys that you expect to be everyday starters. And that changed the calculus, in my opinion, from the outset for the Nats. Now you look at the people who were doing the starting pitching. So let's look guy by guy and see what the Nationals had this season. Obviously, they had Max Scherzer, who made the most starts. He made 12. Uh, Then behind him, 11 starts for Austin Voth, 11 starts for Anibal Sanchez, 11 starts for Patrick Corbin, 8 for Eric Fetty, 3 for Will Crow, and then 2 for Strasburg before the injury. Paolo Espina and Ben Bramer both started games. So let's start with Max. A 5-4 and year in the win-loss column. Doesn't really matter that much. A 3.74 ERA for Scherzer, 61 in the third innings worked, 70 hits, 28 earned runs, 10 home runs given up, 23 walks to 92 strikeouts. Opponents were hitting 260 against Max. So not a bad season on the whole, but uh, compared to what we're used to seeing, it was a pretty not steady drop off, but it was th- there are signs of some decline. The K's did not go anywhere. He's still in the same range at 12.3 K's per nine innings. Still kind of at the same rate he normally is. One thing that jumped is the walks per nine inning. He went from 1.72 to 3.07. And that's something that we saw that he struggled with command early in games. Uh, Early and later. Uh, I think the beginning and end of his starts were typically not as sharp as we're used to seeing. And that's something that we talked about at length on the show was that what did Max look like in the back end of his starts when, when, you know, he's getting later into the game. And his command, I felt like sometimes was okay, but his location, um, 
you know, he's finding the strike zone, but he would miss sometimes within the strike zone. So it's not like he was walking a lot of guys there in the end of games. He was just finding a lot of bats, and uh, guys were taking advantage of him. And you can look this year, home runs per nine innings, it was .94 in 2019. This season, it was 1.34, and I'll take you back. He has not had a number over one uh, since 2016. His first two years, the Nationals, People were averaging around a home run off him per game. 1.34 is close. I mean, it's getting close to one and a half. And that was something that was noticeable this season with the home run ball. You could tell, you know, other other teams were getting to it. And it was especially later in those outings or early on. You know, once, once again, you didn't see a whole lot in the middle of guys getting on Max Scherzer. You know, once he settled in, he was in. And he's very good also to it grinding. Once he kind of knows what he's got that day, whether it's his best stuff, best command or not, Max knows how to adjust and go from there. And I think that's one quality that's going to allow him to continue to pitch as he gets older. Once again, this is Max Scherzer, who's going to be 36, and I believe turning 37 during next year. And, you know, he'll turn 37 during next season. So, you know, with him on the books for one more year, he could get hurt next year. He could have an awful season next year. That contract the Nationals gave him was still worth every penny. Uh, For what he produced since he's been in D.C. in 2015, he has been such an important part of this clubhouse. He has been an important part of this rotation. He has been important to the fan base, and he's obviously important to the World Series effort. But what he's done with this team I mean, he has earned every single one of those dollars before, you know, before he got the contract. And then once it was signed, once the, you know, the, the money was handed over, he still earned it. And he's one of those guys where, you know, so competitive and you can see it every day and pitching or playing for him in the field must be different. I've said that a million times. And I think next year, you know, I thought this year if Strasburg was healthy, this would have been the season that we kind of saw the changing of, all right, Max was the ace. Steven just got the big contract, but Steven showed a level last year where he could be the elite guy, the top of the line guy, the guy who competes for a Cy Young award. And I think that's going to be the case if Steven's good to go next year. I think we're going to see that ascension. And I'm not sure how great the drop-off for Max is going to be, but He's still going to be an excellent guy to have in the front of your rotation if the Nationals especially make a deep run into, you know, into September and they're, they're in the playoff hunt and they make the playoffs next season. That's a guy you still want going for you. Max Scherzer has a lot left to give, even at 36, and I think uh, he believes that too. So it was a down season. There were some, some you know, observable differences for Max this year, and uh, it wasn't just me. I think Connor Jones would admit that too. You know, my dad, who I watch all those games, all the games with, uh, mentioned that as well too. So I think curiosity is a good word to say. You know, to characterize how we're feeling about Max Scherzer because we're so used to seeing him pitch at this elite level, and the cracks started to show this season that he might not be that guy anymore. Which once again is okay because the number of years that Max Scherzer was on top of his game is pretty remarkable. Uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, for me, very, very proud. You know, put all the Cy Youngs aside. Uh, Missouri Tiger, you know, that, that's what we really care about. But no, a guy who's a seven-time All-Star, three-time three time Cy Young Award winner, four-time wins leader, three-time strikeout leader. This guy, you know, gave everything to this franchise, even after they paid him all that money. You don't always see guys pull through like that. And Max Scherzer did. So uh, kudos to him. But once again, the curiosity is there to see what level he's pitching at next season. Let's move to St. Patty, Patrick Corbin. 
a down year for him, a 4.66 ERA through 65 and two-thirds innings, 85 hits, 34 earned runs, 10 homers, 60 Ks, 18 walks, and like I said, a 4.66 ERA. This year compared to last on some of the advanced numbers, uh, 8.22 Ks per nine innings. That was down from 10.6 in 2019 and further down from 11.07 back in 2018. One thing that did drop were his walks per nine innings. 2.47 walks per nine innings this year. Uh, That's compared to 3.12 last season. Homers per nine took a jump too from 1.07 to 1.37. And the batting average on balls in play jumped uh, 72 percentage points from 290 to 362. So uh, the issues that Corbin had this season were, you know, not the walks. He was finding the strike zone more, but the bats were finding the ball a heck of a lot more. And you look at some of these outings, this year. You look at the hit numbers. His best start was a start that he gave that Sunday of the opening weekend against the Yankees. Goes six innings, two hits, one earned run off a home run, has eight strikeouts. After that, you look at the hit numbers, 8-5-8-8-7-5-9-9-14 and 10. So only one game does he give up, uh, two games, two games, it's five hits or less. And so for Patrick you know, I know 4.66 is not the end of the world, and I expect for it to come down some. But for him, the whip was high, and, and, and the walks dropped. So that means that, I mean, obviously he's given up a lot more contact than what we're used to seeing, and guys are putting the ball in play against Patrick a whole lot. So that's something that needs to be adjusted as we head in to the next, uh, the next season. And I'm curious, this is actually somebody I want to see in spring training. I want to see what his stuff looks like. I want to see if bats are finding the ball as much as they were this season. That's one point of interest for me if we do get a full spring training. We will skip uh, Steven Strasburg just because of the injury. We will move on to Anibal Sanchez. He gave them 11 starts this year, and we're not going to spend too long on Anibal. I've talked about this at length enough this year. But for him, 11 starts, a 4-5 and five record, which actually was second on the team for wins. That just shows you kind of the worthlessness uh, of wins. 6.62 ERA, a 1.66 whip for him this year in 53 innings pitch, 43 strikeouts to 18 walks. Um, and let's see as well, too. Yep, so not a whole lot else there to talk about. But Anibal Sanchez, it was a rough season. And the big story here for him is, yes, he could turn it around, but he's on the books next year for $12 million. And it would behoove the Nationals to cut that weight because for $12 million, you can get a whole heck of a lot better at that position or any other position. You could use that money and allocate it differently. So I think for the Nationals, the smart move would be here to cut ties. I know he's a steadying veteran in your rotation, but the performance that he put up this year, uh, you can't have that. Now, I'd say the one counter, the one thing that does work in his favor is that Pitching is not in great supply. Yeah, the Nationals have a ton of guys in the farm system that are, you know, it's basically full of pitchers. Now their top prospects are. Guys like Jackson Rutledge, guys like, you know, Seth Romero we even saw this year. Technically, I guess you could say he's still a prospect. Will Crow is still there. So those guys uh, could make the come up. But the issue is I don't know if they're ready. Like Will Crow in a very small sample size, and I wanted to see him this year, was just not good enough, right? I mean, it was very small sample size. But, um 
wasn't the most competitive. He tried to compete his best, but was not the most competitive. So I think the one thing Anibal's got going for him is the fact that he has a veteran, you know, steady presence. He is a veteran, and he's also right there for three guys, you know, in Corbin, Strasburg, and Scherzer. That you're afraid if one of them goes down with an injury, your rotation begins. You know, you begin to bring in guys that you're not 110% sure about. And it's not like Anibal didn't have moments where he had a couple good outings this year. He did, but overall the performance was not good enough to warrant bringing him back this season. I think we don't even have to look at any of the advanced metrics to know that the Nationals could be getting more with the money that they have there and also should be doing something else to to bolster that rotation that does not involve him. And once again, freeing up that $12 million would be a pretty good asset uh, for the Nats this year. We will talk some Eric Fetty and Austin Voth in one second after a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. rockauto.com offers the lowest possible prices rather than charging what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Once again, best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for pros as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, this is one of our favorite activities here on the Locked On Nationals podcast is talking about Austin Voth. Um, no, to be real, though, you know, we have at length talked about Austin Voth's deficiencies in the season that he had. 11 games played, 11 starts, 2-5 and five record, a 6.34 ERA, a 1.51 whip in 49 and two-thirds innings pitched. A look at the numbers, uh, some of the advanced stuff that I haven't hit on. The Ks per nine inning dropped by over a whole strikeout. The walks per nine inning jumped uh, basically a half walk. The homers per nine jumped from 1.03 to 2.54. Batting average on balls in play went from 257 to 297. So here's the issue. Oh, also ground ball rate dropped. Um, and then also his left on base percentage as well. Both of those things dropped. So... Nothing really for Austin Voth to take very positively from this season. Uh, he put, I think, I mean, maybe two starts together. They had the one start in, uh, in September against the Phillies where it was seven innings, three hits, one run. That was the complete game. Actually, one of the Nationals, two complete games this season. So a quality start there. He did add another uh, another start before that against the Rays where it was five innings, four hits, only one earned run and six strikeouts in that one. So he did do a bit better, a 4.85 ERA in September, but uh, it was a miserable, or excuse me, in, uh, yeah, September. And then August was miserable for him, uh, and the one start in July did not go very well either. So for Austin Voth, you know, just, it's hard to say, it's hard to remember also too, what got, you know, what changed for him, because it was such a small sample size that we saw in 2019, actually around the same amount of innings pitched, but it was very good, and it was kind of later in the season, and now teams got a good look at him, and... I thought the Nationals did him a disservice by continuing to send him out there. Maybe not because he got a couple positive results there towards the end, but he was not helping the team win. I don't think he was building much confidence either. 
And uh, I thought they could have made a switch to Will Crow just to maybe move Voth to the bullpen. They can always use bullpen guys this season. But for Voth, yeah, I'm curious as to what the play is for him next because he is one of these guys that um, – he, he's got team, you know, he's under team control next season and also in 2022. So I'm curious to see what the Nationals do with him. I don't think anybody really knows. I would love to see him in a long reliever spot in the bullpen because you don't have to spend any more money. He's right there. He's pitched long innings. He's had some decent outings. And also, you know, this season I'm in decent outings. But a guy who did succeed some back in 2019, part of the World Series winning team. So at 28, you know, he's getting to that prime where I think we kind of know where he is, but I think they should slide him into the bullpen and make him a long reliever right now just to give him a, a change of scenery and also to just something that I think would be a nice fit and, and make sure they don't have to go spend any money on a long man in the bullpen. All right, let's talk about Eric Fetty, who I believe is one of the more interesting cases here with the Nats. He started eight games. He was two and four in 50 innings pitched, a 4.29 ERA, gave up 47 hits, Struck out 28, walked 22. His K per nine, uh, it jumped uh, just up a little bit. So we got you know a jump there. That's improvement. His walks jumped just a little bit, but it's basically around 3.8 um, per nine innings. Home runs took a little bit of a jump as well too, but the batting average on balls in play dropped from 283 to 233. Also something else that dropped. His left on base percentage went from 77 to 81. So Fetty is very good at when guys are on base working out of it. Uh, that is something that he has proved, and I thought he got better at this season. I don't know if I can, you know, if you'd want to slot him in as a starter, but I think he is showing improvement. I know he's not a young guy. I know he's not uh, one of the guys that we think is, you know, is past the point of being a prospect, obviously, at 27 years old. But I'm not ready to give up on Eric Fetty just yet. I think he's got a place on this team, and it's up to Davey Martinez, the new pitching coach, Jim Hickey, to figure out where that is, because I do believe there is some place for Eric Fetty on this team. Whether he becomes the long man, you know, he jumps in the bullpen now, and Austin Voth, you know, I don't know what they would do with him, but uh, if they decide, hey, we want Fetty as the long man, I would not be opposed to that either. I think there is something about the fact that he does uh, get, you know, with guys on base, he is good of getting out of out of those jams. So I was I was a bit more, uh, you know, I'm not impressed, but I think encouraged by what we saw from Eric Fetty this season, and I think there is a spot for him on this team moving forward. Will Crow, we need to see a little bit more of, and I'm not going to talk about the, the two other guys who pitched as well, too. So I don't know what they're going to do this offseason with pitching. Obviously, nobody does. But if you look at the free agent pitchers who are going to become available, obviously we know the big three are going to come back. We're going to have Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, all of them in the rotation, barring another injury or a setback for one of those guys. So all of them will be back. The keys are filling in the rest of the rotation. And I do think Joe Ross will be back. He's still under contract for next year. Uh, if you look at the guys who are under contract right now, uh, Scherzer obviously in 2021. Strasburg is locked up for years to come. Corbin as well, too, is fine. Sanchez is the one with a $12 million. Uh, you know, that's his salary next year. $2 million buyout, so we think he's going to be gone. But Joe Ross is entering arbitration. Austin Voth is under team control. And Eric Fetty is also entering arbitration for the first time. So I think Joe Ross is a guy who could come back and fill in one of the back parts of the rotation. Also, I think they signed somebody. There are plenty of young guys or veterans. I mean, you can really choose. You know, we got all kinds of guys becoming free agents in this upcoming class. And uh, I don't know which way they would go, but, you know, I'll just go give you guys. I'm just reading part of the list here. 
Alex Wood, Taijuan Walker, Michael Waka, Tehran, Tanaka, Stroman, Smiley, Shoemaker, uh, so, you know, margin no, but Ross, Richards, Ray, Quintana, Porcello, um, Paxton, Perez, Odorizzi, um, Nova, you know, all these guys could potentially become free agents this season. And even guys like, you know, Corey Kluber, who I, I bet they pick up as option. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of guys who are going to be out there and available. It's just a matter of what the Nationals want. I don't think they go for a guy like Trevor Bauer. I'm sorry, everybody. I just don't think that's going to happen. But um, yeah, and it depends if they want to, what they want to mix and match. If they feel like anybody from their farm system is worth bringing up now. And I would, I'd be curious to think if they, if anybody is, I, I don't think so, but yeah, they're in a spot now where the rotation, it's okay, but they're going to have to recover after a bad year, and they're going to need to bring in some some better artillery because I don't know if you can just trust that Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin are going to be the dynamic trio that we always think just because Max is getting older and Strasburg is coming off an injury and Corbin just struggled. So I know in theory the big three is, is a great place to be, and you're kind of like, well, you can find a couple other nice pieces, but I, I would I would feel pretty confident um, you know, if I was Mike Rizzo, that I need to go and get, you know, at least a piece or make sure a piece is ready to bring into the rotation to start next season because it is not as ironclad as uh, as I think we all feel it is. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just think, oh, yeah, the pitching's going to be fine. Then you watch the season and you think, well, if one of those two, if one of those top three guys gets hurt or goes down and, you know, one of them's not pitching too well, what does it end up being, right? Like, what what does your rotation end up being? And Max Scherzer was the best pitcher for the Nats this year uh, in terms of starters, and he didn't even have that good of a season. So I think there are questions that should be asked. Not hitting the panic button just yet, but there are questions that should be asked about what are we going to do here for your Nationals front office to solidify that rotation? I think it's a good question. All right, Game 6 of the World Series is tonight. And so uh, regardless of outcome, we will have a playoff diary tomorrow. It will be number 9, so either... Dodgers win it all and the Nats are no longer World Series champions or the Rays have extended to a Game 7. Whenever the series does end, after that we're going to have our bullpen uh, postseason position breakdown. So I think that's probably going to come on, it's going to come on Thursday or Friday. It's just a a matter of uh, which day it is due to the World Series and when that ends. So right now, guys, you can also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Stay safe, everybody.